Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Okay, so tonight uh, we're going to be talking about, um, well, purity, obviously. Talking about living clean, okay? Living a beautifully clean life title. Actually, Four Habits of a Beautiful Life is the title, but what we're going to be talking about is living a beautifully clean life. And I'm going to start off in Philippians 3, 13, and 14. Due to time, um, I'm not going to have you turn in your Bibles if you even have one. I had one Bible last week. One guy had a Bible, a paper Bible, you know. Um, does anybody have a paper Bible? Just curious. Oh, yes, one. Yes, awesome. Hey, it's okay. Last week I forgot my Bible, and I was the one preaching, so I had to borrow one out of the lost and found over here. Anyway, Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, purity, I don't know why it says purity on my notes, but that's not what the scripture says. It says through Christ, Jesus is calling. I take my notes on my phone and I really butcher them. Then I try to put them on the computer and fix them, but I don't know. That just happens. So what I want to talk to y'all tonight, as I'm going to talk to y'all about tonight, is I want to give you four habits of a beautifully clean life. To live a beautifully clean life, and I will explain more of what that means as this message goes on. There's four habits that I have just in my own life have had to adapt. I've had to get, I've had to work on in order to, and I'm still working on it, okay, because I haven't arrived, but still working on it. And that's what I want to share with you. And number one is um, you live a focused life. Focused. Every season has different focus focal points every season. Like if you're in junior high, you're really trying to like find yourself, find your friends and feel accepted. Like that's the main thing in junior high is just to get to a point through either your studies or your friends to feel accepted, Um, which that actually goes throughout your life. But that's a main. In high school, you're preparing for adulthood. I mean, when you freshman, sophomore year, you're already thinking about how do you need to how, what classes do you need to take to prepare you for either college, trade school, or whatever work is going to be, at, whatever your life is going to be after high school? Um, and then after school, you know, you really get into either you're focusing on a career or you're focusing on finding a mate, which actually the finding a mate part happens in high school too. But, um, you know, that's just different focuses we have. Also, when you somebody proposes to you and you say yes and you are your wedding is down the road your focus is what you're gonna wear what it's gonna look like Pinterest I mean your Pinterest everything and then you just go a little bit further whenever you become pregnant with your first child your focus is the books and you're 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 reading the books and you're trying to figure out how to be the best mom ever how to get your baby to sleep through the night how to I mean y'all may not know this yet but this is you know my girl my ladies over here who all have children we know that's what happens and then you baby proof the house and get everything ready and so every season every season in life has a focus Um, Now, focus is like having goals or visions. The definition 
is the center of interest or activity, the center of attention. That is focus. What's the center of attention? Now, in terms of purity, which is what we're here to talk about tonight, what is your focus? What is your center of attention? Do you have a focus? When it comes to purity, before, maybe before this series started, you never thought about it. You didn't really care about it. But do you have, do you have a focus? Um, there's four common places that we focus, and I wanted to talk about those. Um, the first one is a God focus. It's a God where you, 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 um, you want God's will more than anything else. Like every decision that comes before you, you're like, God, is this you? Or is this not you? That's the God focus. Then there's the good focus where it's you, you just want enough good to get by. Like it's good enough. You know, it doesn't have to be the best, but surely not the worst. It's, it's, it's good enough. Um, it's kind of like you're standing at the line of sin, but you're going to stay on this side. That side is sin right there. I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to cross, but I'm going to get close. That's the good focus. It's just good enough. And then there's the guy focus. That's how can I get these guys to notice me or that guy to notice me? What do I have to wear? What do I have to say? What do I have to do? Who do I have to be to get this or those guys to notice me? That's the guy focus. And then there's the gain focus, G-A-I-N, gain focus. And that is all the actions I do is to make me happy and to make me feel good. My gain. I'm concerned about my gain. So when I'm your friend, I'm your friend if it gives me gain. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't do anything for me, I'm not giving to you. I want to gain. So that's the four places that we often, especially in this season of your life, but even in the seasons of, of, you know, adults, um, that we put our focus. We must determine what we will focus on. We have to, we have to label it. We have to know what is my focus is going to be. Is it going to be God? Is it going to be just good, good enough? Is it going to be guys or a guy? Or is it going to be gain me, myself? You know, my, one of my daughters is in tumbling and they brought out, she's seven and they brought out the balance beam. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's seven, right? So what they teach her to do is to keep her focus on the beam to do her cartwheel. And you see the little girls that are watching the beam, their hands go right on it. The girls that are looking somewhere else, they're looking here or there, they miss it. I was like, oh, that's what I'm talking about. We keep, we have to have a focus and we have to um, keep our eyes on the focus, on what we're focusing on. And, um... It says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. The greatest focus is Jesus, is the end of the race. The end of the race is what we gain in Christ. And so along the way, we can have other things that we're focusing on. But is it, this is a question to ask yourself, is it? Does it help you with the main focus in your life? I think about Instagram. 
and, and my friends know this, like I have this habit of whenever I'm into something, I'm going to go and find all the women. Like if I'm trying to, you know, get in shape, I'll go find all these health women to try to help me, you know, like inspire me because my eyes are on it. Whatever your eyes are on, that's what you're going to focus on. Um, if I'm just, you know, wanting to encourage myself in the Lord, I'm like Lisa Bevere, you know, all the Bethel chicks and, you know, all that. And it's just like the ladies that throw scripture out all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm following you because I want that before me. And so um, that's just an, another, you know, just bringing the point home. Of focus, we have to have a focus. And I want y'all to write this quote down because listen, many things will, this isn't the quote, I'm about to give it to you. Many things will come in the way of our focus. You, once we decide that we're going to seek God for our focus, um, we got to be careful of all the distractions. And the quote is to starve your distractions and feed your focus. And focus, the reason why I hit that first is because this is going to bring home the next three points. We have to be able to have focus in order to have the habits that I'm about to talk about. Okay, which I got to run through this. All right, the first one is um, knowing that you are, um, knowing that you are a beloved who belongs. Beloved who belongs. Beloved means dearly loved, much loved, cherished, and adored. To belong means the property of. Ladies, we have to know that we are loved by God and that we belong to God. He loves each one of us as if there was only one of us. If there was only you, he would love you. He loves us as if we're the only one in the room. He walks in, he sees us. And we must live in a place where we know that he loves us and we know that we are his. Not we've heard that he loves us and we've heard that we are his, but that we know that we can see his goodness in our life and who he is to a point that we know that he loves us. Now listen, there's two, um, there's two reasons why we need to make this a habit. One is because once we know that we belong to God, we won't be searching out a place to belong. Catch that. When we know we belong to God, we're not going to be searching for a place to belong because we do. We belong in God and we'll wait for him to place us. We're not going to go try to place ourselves in a position at school or a position in a job or in a relationship with a guy. Catch this, please. Please catch this. We know our belonging with God. We don't have to go find a guy that's going to make us feel like we belong because guess what? it will end. Not maybe the relationship, but if you take that into your marriage, ladies, trust me, I'm guilty. If you take that idea of my husband completes me, my guy makes me feel belong. I feel like I belong when I'm with him. No, we, because guess what? We're going to disappoint him or he's going to disappoint us. And, and then it's like, I don't have a place. No, ladies, we have to know that we belong in God. The second reason why we have to know that is because, um, like Pastor Joel, who was here a few weeks ago, he said this, and it was so good. The enemy tries to kill in infancy what he's afraid to face in maturity. So when you are young, the enemy is after you. He's trying to kill your identity. He's trying to steal the woman that God has called you to be because he is so afraid to face you in maturity. And so we need to catch that. We have to know that we belong and that he loves us. And 
How, and and the, the way we make this a habit, y'all, we have to continually remind ourselves. And I just want to take one minute to say this. We have to surround ourselves with other ladies who believe that too. You don't want to surround yourself with women who go to media or guys to find their belonging. You want to be with a group of women who say, my God tells me who I am and you cannot like me and you cannot like me and you cannot like me, but I'm okay with that because my God is the one that gives me my approval. My God is the one who tells me who I am. Find those ladies, find them, stick with them. All right. The third one. Um, the third habit is you're flowing, flowing in your fulfillment. Let me explain to be fulfilled. Me, and I'm sorry, I'm going fast. I, I'm sorry. Um, fulfilled is, means to be satisfied or happy because of fully developing one's abilities or character. And it starts with your identity. You can never, ever, 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 listen, never, ever, ever really be fulfilled if you don't know your identity. It's not going to work. Um, the first step to knowing your identity is knowing who you belong to, which is point two that I had just said. And once that is established, once you know your identity and you know you're his and there's no doubt, then you can listen to what God says, who God says you are. The Bible is full of God telling you who you are. But guess what? His word is active and it's living. And guess what? He still speaks. So in a moment where I am feeling like junk, I am feeling like I'm a terrible mom, a terrible friend, and a terrible wife, all I have to do is go to God and say, speak to me. And he speaks to me. And he tells me who I am. And it is a wonderful feeling. It's the Bible is full of it, but he still speaks today. And so when we have our identity and we know whose we are, we know who we are. And I think about, you know, um, my daughter, any of my daughters, any of my kids, but we'll just pick Bella. Um, think about Bella. She's my seven-year-old. She's the one that tumbles. And if, if she needs food or drink, where would she go? My house. She'd come to us. Why? Because that's where she belongs. She never has to question, where am I going to sleep? Where am I, what am I going to eat? Who's going to wash my clothes? She doesn't have to question that. Mama and daddy take care of that. She is a daughter of Brandon and Cassie Miller, and she will be taken care of in our home. So she won't, she won't have to question that. And that's how it is. When we know we belong to God, when we know we are his daughter, and he created us on purpose, for a purpose, we don't have to question where I'm going to get my identity from. Where am I going to get my value from? I know where I get it. It's right here. It's the word of God, and it's his voice that still speaks to me. Um, once we are actively listening to God, once we know who we are, we, that is when we can flow in his, we can flow in a fulfilling life. And so we have to make that a habit. It has to be a habit that we're constantly flowing with God. He's talking to us. We're talking to him. We, his love is pouring in us. Our love is pouring back to him. And that's where I got one of my good friends sitting over there sent me this um, in her journal that I don't know who came up with it. Beautiful. Be you till you are full. 
And I have that in there on the first page because I want y'all to catch it. Cut it out. Put it on your, uh, you know, your bulletin board. Frame it. Remember that you will only be full if you are yourself. You will only be yourself if you know who created you and why. And we will only find that through God. And that's where the title comes, A Beautiful Life. Living a beautiful life. Because guess what? Trying to fulfill, trying, I'm sorry, trying to be someone else will never, it will never fulfill you. You cannot fully operate in trying to be someone you're not. If your hair is crazy, receive the crazy hair, okay? (laughs) If your body is not like, you know, a body, Oh, by the way, it is eight o'clock. If you have to go, I understand. I'm going to just be a few more minutes, but I understand that some of y'all do have to go at eight. So I just want to let you know. Um, yes. What was I saying? Yes. Yes. So if you don't have the, thank you, love. If you don't have the body that maybe somebody had or, or has or whatever, or the hair color or, well, we can dye our hair, but you know, the, whatever. That's all right. Be you. If you like to wear, Uh, And I'm not going to say anything because I might actually peg somebody, so I don't want to do that. But if you wear clothes that other people think are cheesy or whatever, so what? Be you. You do not have to impress anybody. And that is something that will cause us to live a fulfilling life when we can just totally be ourselves. And I will tell you that it it doesn't stop when you get married, okay? You you, We think, I thought, um, I thought... That you get married and your husband is going to be the one that's going to um, fill all the holes. All the, I should have known better, right? But I didn't. I thought, you know, there are holes in me and my value and worth. But when I get married, my husband's going to be there to get, he's going to get home every day and tell me how awesome I am. He's going to thank me, thank me so much for cleaning the toilet. He's going to say that my food is the best food ever and I am the most beautiful thing ever and all of us, Jenny and my friends over there that are married and Macy, we know that that's not what happens. They get home, they're tired, and they're like, what's for supper? I'm so hungry. You know what I mean? Like, it's not all this. I mean, if any of you live with two parents, you know, okay? I did not. I didn't live with two parents. My parents were divorced, so I'm thinking, This is going to be gravy. Like he's going to fill everything that I need. No, that doesn't happen. So that's why we got to get it in God. We have to get it in God. All right, let's um, move on. I'm going to, I don't want to like rush, but I don't want to. Oh, yes. Okay. When we, I know this is a good point, y'all. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to go for it. When we know who we are, we won't believe the lies of the enemy because the, the enemy wants to always come and tell us the opposite of what God says about us. But when we know who we are and we know what God says about us, we won't believe, we don't, we don't have to believe those lies. The enemy's goal is to murder our identity. He wants it dead. He wants it murdered, but he doesn't want to stop there. He wants to murder who God has called us and created us to be. Then he wants to throw something crazy at us and try to make, make us think that we're something else that we're so totally not. And so I just want to give you permission tonight, each one of you in here, I want to give you permission to be you. Be the woman that God created you to be and be it well, because that is beautiful. Okay, so let me recap. Three habits. The first three habits we talked about, being focused, being a beloved who belongs, knowing that, knowing that you're a beloved who belongs because 
you are a beloved who belongs, but we don't always know it. And flowing, the third one is flowing in your fulfillment. All right. The last one is such a great one. I wish I could just have a whole night to talk about this, but I'm already over time. Again, it's 8.05. If you need to go, don't let me hold you. Um, I don't want to get in trouble with your parents. All right. A good habit to have, a great habit to have that will, will carry on your whole life is to leave the past in the past. Okay? I'm going to give you two kinds of pasts that I'm talking about. The first one is the sinful past. It's, um, and write this down because I'm not going to read it for sake of time. Uh, John 8, 1 through 11. The woman caught in adultery. Okay, we all know what adultery is. It's sleeping with someone who is not your spouse. This lady was caught in the act. She was sleeping with a man that was not her spouse. She was caught. I don't know how that happened. I don't know who walked in. I don't know. She was caught in, uh, she was caught in adultery and then she was thrown out before they threw her to Jesus and they're like, Telling Jesus, like, yeah, she needs to be stoned, okay? Um, so she gets to this point where she's totally embarrassed. She's shamed. I mean, think about it. She's probably half naked because of the act that she was doing. So she probably wasn't able to cover up and all that. I'm just thinking, you know, I mean, just put yourself in, the, in there. Um, she's exposed hopeless like imagine god that's got to be a terrible because not only was she busted which is bad enough but then she was grabbed and thrown at it says jesus was sitting outside the temple preaching and they threw her at him so then you got all these christians all these christ followers who were sitting there learning it's like if somebody came in here and threw somebody on the floor that's half naked and and exposing their sin like poor thing right okay so that's where she is Um, and we're going to go to verse 11 because I want to read that verse 11. So, uh, it says, oh no, uh, uh, 10. Then Jesus stood up. Okay. So the accusers are like stoner. Yeah. You know, they're like all about that. Verse 10. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman where, oh yeah, no, that's an important part. I got to read too. Okay. Jesus said, okay. He said in verse seven, all, all right. Um, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. So he's like calling the, the, you know, the, um, Pharisees out like, Hey, whoever hadn't sinned, go ahead and throw the first stone. Well, of course that was nobody. So we moved down to verse 10. Jesus stood up again after, you know, he wrote in the dirt and he said, um, told the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. And I just imagine that there might be a few of you in here, maybe a handful that maybe you, you know, you're in a place where you're feeling like her. You're feeling hopeless. You're feeling ashamed of maybe what you've done, what you said, what you saw, um, what you didn't stand up for. And I just want to encourage you with what Jesus said. He said, go and sin no more. He does not condemn us. It's not in his nature to condemn. What he does is he takes us and he forgives us and he washes us and he cleans us. And he says, go and sin no more. All you have to do, ladies, is come to him. Now, the second past I want to talk about is the simple past. And I believe this is such a fresh word that the Lord gave me. And I feel like this is going to really be most of us in here, the simple past. What? Okay, Esther. Esther 2, write that down. Actually, go read the whole book of Esther. It's amazing. Um, All right, so Esther, she was, um, you know, she was just 
going along her daily life. She, um, she lived with her uncle, I mean her cousin, because her parents had passed away. And she took care of him. He took care of her. She was so obedient to him. You'll find that in the, you know, in, in the book of Esther. Just she was obedient. She wanted to do what's right. She was just doing good. Just a good girl, right? Then they get called because the queen decided to, you know, rebel against or embarrass whatever she did to her husband, whatever you want to, however you want to classify that. So the king kicked her out looking for a new queen. Well, here comes Esther and a bunch of other ladies. They get ready. The king ends up picking Esther to be his new queen and she is faced with a choice her people are about to get slaughtered and her cousin's like you gotta speak up okay so what I want to say about anyway let me just finish the story she ends up speaking up she ends up saving her people and it ends up being a great story so please go read Esther the whole book the whole book but what I want to talk about is um you're thinking what's wrong with her past She's got a sweet and simple past, right? She does. So why would I bring that up? Wouldn't you want to think about the past? Why would she need to move on from her past to her new role as queen? I will tell you. Because now she's got a purpose and a responsibility that is huge. Like before she was just going about her daily business. It was kind of nice doing her thing. Now all of a sudden she's got to go face the queen or the king and tell him that his right hand guy is trying to kill her people. Most of the people in the palace don't even really know who she is. Just think about that. Think about like what she is faced to do. And here's the thing. When we get a hold of who God has called us to be, we cannot live a mundane life anymore. We can look at the past and say, man, I remember the days where I really, you know, didn't have to do much. I didn't have a lot of responsibility. I think of the woman who just had a newborn baby and the baby is up all night long and she's sitting there rocking the baby, crying her eyes out because she's exhausted, thinking about when I used to be able to sleep. Okay. That does no good for her, no good at all. And it does no good for us when God calls us and moves us into a place where we have to take risk and have to go out of our comfort zone. It does us no good to think about the simple past we used to have. And that's why I say that we have to get in the habit of leaving the past in the past. Even if it's a simple past, even if it's a sweet past, we got to leave it there and we need to move on and do what God has called us to do, take risk, be responsible. Um, so all these habits are great, great habits. And I want to encourage y'all to get this in your life. Pray, ask God to help you. Holy Spirit will, will most certainly, certainly come and help you. But I want you to ask yourself a few questions and I want you to write them down and I want you to go ponder them later. Um, I want you to ask yourself What is my focus? What is my focus? I want you to be able to answer that question. What is my focus? Do I know who I am? Do I know who I am? You know, after talking about being his beloved, do you really know that? Am I fulfilled? Am I living a life where I am flowing in God's fulfillment? And am I still looking to my past? That would be the last question. And I want to close here. Listen, whenever I got the opportunity to 
come and be able to, you know, Brady, uh, Pastor Brady had told me to, he had given me the opportunity to come and minister to y'all. I asked the Holy Spirit, I was like, Holy Spirit, and I told the guys this too. I was like, Holy Spirit, you are with all these ladies. God is with you in your room. He's with you when you're driving. He's with you when you're at school, when you're with your friends. He's, he's always there. He's always with you. And I'm not. So I don't know what, I don't know what you got, what you ladies needed to hear tonight. But when I tell you that I honestly prayed and asked God that he would come through and he would speak to y'all, I felt, I just knew that he would do that. And so I am so pumped that I was able to come and talk to you ladies because you're precious. It's not like, just to fill the time or have some fun, although I love having fun. Each one of you are so incredibly precious to him. I mean, just imagine a newborn baby and you're just looking at it and and what are you thinking? Like, oh, wow, how beautiful, how precious. Way more than that is God's thoughts towards each and every one of you. And the the reason why I didn't talk about too much about boyfriends or sex or anything like that is because when you know who you are, when you know that you are God's, all your desires flow with him. So it's not like you have to make a set of rules to follow to keep you away from sin. No, the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you flow with the Holy Spirit. So the most important thing that you could ever do concerning purity, concerning boys, men, marriage, sex, all that is know who you are in God. And that is the main thing. And so you could just stand up. Um, We're going to pray. Father God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this time. And I just, Lord, it's yours. God, it was yours, Lord. I pray that as as these ladies leave here, God, that you can't continue to imprint on their heart, Father God, and you continue to show them, God, who they are in you and what areas, God, they need to work on, Father. And Lord, we just we just thank you and we love you. We give you this night, and I give just give you these these your daughters, Lord. They're precious. I pray that they would know how much you love them, Father God, as they're leaving here tonight. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.